We think Dan has had it up to his limit with IPAs and how they are still king in 2023, with Sierra Nevada going hard into the world of IPAs. Wendy talks about Treehouse opening a massive tap house with a golf course and what other type of venues we'd like to see a tap house or brewery in. And Ken talks about the reconsolidation of craft beer from the major players like AB and what smaller companies will pick up the pieces. Whether your beer is in a bottle, can, or glass, kick back and relax. It's better on draft. Welcome, everybody, to the Craft Beer News segment, Better on Draft for August 18th, 2023. My name is Ken. Thank you so much for joining us. We truly appreciate it. Let's go around and see what everybody is drinking, starting with Dan. Dan, what do you got? I have got a Yingling Lager. Wendy, what's uh, what's on tap for you? Wendy, you're muted. I really muted myself instead of unmuting. Anyways, I am drinking an Alaskan Juno juice. Just like our guest earlier this week, I too am drinking an Alaskan beer, the Alaskan Amber Alt Style Ale. If you haven't listened to that episode, go back and listen to it with Jeff and Marcy. Plenty to learn from, from sustainability to brewing, being one of the first craft breweries in Alaska, um, the changes and trials that go on up there. It is a wonderful listen. But we are talking about the craft beer news that is going on this week. Uh, so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to pass it right over to Dan. Dan, oh, let's what do it. is the, uh, the article you want to chat about today? So just as we talked about, I think it was two weeks ago, the last time we had a show, that we were hoping some of these IPA phases would or fads would go away. And then all of a sudden, Sierra Nevada says they're doubling down on IPAs in 2024 and greatly expanding the selection. Um, pretty straightforward article. I'm not going to really go into and read it, but they're really expanding the hazy little things and making all kinds of variants to start sending out. Um, so when does this end? Do you feel that this is just another brewery chasing a fad um, versus sticking with or with? Because we talked to, like you mentioned, Alaskan on the previous interview show, and you know they stick to what they've been doing. They, they're not chasing fads. Yeah, they started a distillery, and it's doing well. Um, with the RTDs, but you don't see them pumping out 19 variants of an IPA and chasing that newest trend. Um, is this just another instance of a brewery, a well-established brewery, chasing a fad? And when do you guys think it's going to end or it's going to be too much? Ken, I'll start with you. Yeah, I don't think it is going to end anytime soon. Um, if you guys are not listening, or if you're listening via the podcast and not watching the video, go check out uh, the video, you can find it on all video platforms. That's Kick, Rumble, YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, etc. Render, yeah. Uh, yeah, so you can see the, the article that's going on right now. And as you can see, it's kind of scrolling down. It's showing all of the different types of brands that Sierra Nevada has been expanding to over the yeah. past um, you know, handful of years. And within IPA, I think Sierra Nevada saw exactly what New Belgium did uh, with regarding the... Uh, massive amounts of Voodoo Ranger that's out there and how Voodoo Ranger basically took over their entire portfolio. That's going to be the same with even Bells here in Michigan, where we have now Blackhearted, Double Two Hearted, Lighthearted. Um, it seems to be the new trend with a lot of I, these companies. 
I think people want to be IPA curious, but not IPA heavy. Um, and that's why they're going into all these uh, subcategories of IPAs, which is why we hear things like cold IPA or like our guest earlier today talked about like black IPAs. Like these are the types of beers that are going to sell because people want them. Um, when I was uh, at the Delta Lounge in Dallas last week, like that's what they had is they had an IPA there. They didn't have much of anything else um, other than Shiner Bach, but even Shiner, uh, they have their IPA brand that they're yep. just releasing when we had Shiner on the show. Um, so, I mean, IPAs, they talk about non-alcoholics too. Uh, I think that's just, you know, we're still trending towards IPAs because IPAs are still the uh, the big dog. But Wendy, what do you think? Um, I agree. I don't, I don't think this is anything really new. I mean, even at local breweries, you see where they do a lot of variants of the, of their beers that are most popular. Um, I mean, look at Dragon's Milk. I remember a few years ago, Winter Beer Festival, we called it 50 Shades of Dragon's Milk because they came with like every variant and it was an amazing beer festival. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I think it was amazing because I don't remember a lot of it. It was 50 shades of dragon smoke, but um, I, I just think this is kind of normal that they're looking for a way to expand their um, profile without creating something a hundred percent new. Um, I, we see it a lot. Look at odd side and all of their different versions of the same thing on a couple of different skews they have. Yeah. Odd side's got the, the bean flicker, which is their kind of like, of course you went to that. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the beer that where they're, they're adding all their adjuncts and having different ones. And that's what people were drinking at the summer beer fest when I was pouring for the them. Mosaic. The, Not mosaic um, marshmallow. Uh, something, yeah. So that's well, that's they've got the fruit sickles, and they've they got, got the fruit sickles. They also dank have the juice, dank juice. The, yep, dank juice. The spiritless uh, cocktails that they just launched. Um. So yeah, their odd side is obviously its own beast. I think odd side is kind of what we treated shorts as maybe ten years ago with all the options that shorts used to bring into the market itself. Yeah. But I think that. These breweries, I mean, I, I understand where Dan's coming from, where it just seems too much, like decision overload. Um, well, it's it's funny too because Sierra Nevada makes you know one of the biggest pails out there, you know, in the country if not the world. But they don't experiment with that and make different variants. They go on to this IPA craze because you know, just to try and stand out. It's like you already have a beer you could do this with, but you don't. It's just kind of it's a little I, frustrating to see. I think as much as we understand Sierra Nevada as a whole, as a buyer, nobody asks what's your pale ale. They ask what your IPA is. That's fair. Um, and I think that is uh, a little bit of marketing, um, whether they utilize like Sierra Nevada pale as the base and do other things with it and just call it an IPA, um, you know, cause the rules don't matter and the points are made up. Um <laughs> But that's I, I think that's why they would not do regular Sierra Nevada because I mean, Voodoo Ranger, if I'm not mistaken, was just your regular uh, New Belgium IPA, but now it's 
literally everything. They're hazy everything. voodoo ranger. They're, it's the same with the hearted series. Hazy hearted, two hearted, double hearted, black hearted. Like those places had an IPA to branch off of, whereas Sierra Nevada didn't. They just had a regular pale. Um, and, and again, I think it's just a, a marketing thing. But I mean, do you think that I don't want to say jump the shark because I think we've probably been saying this for 20 years. <laughs> we've been saying when, it forever. <laughs> when we started the show during the, the 85 Crooked Tree days, um, like, <laughs> do you think, do you disagree with their thoughts of going all in on these beers? Or do you think that, what what do you think would be better for them? I, I personally think it it is because I think IPAs are played out. You know, you feel similar to the way I do about them. But, you know, they have things like Narwhal. Um, there's another dark beer there is a made Bigfoot. I think, Bigfoot. Yeah, things like that. Like, expand on that. You remember the line for people getting Narwhal at GABF last year? You know, people want that stuff, too. We don't need 85 variants of hazy little things. You know, save that for Dark Horse. You know, I think different. I think GABF is its own beast. Like, I really don't think... You could consider can't, the, can't the judge it based on <laughs> no, because it's basically uh beer geeks and like like just trashy beer nerds who are on untapped the entire time checking in their one ounce pours and giving a That's two true. paragraph review. <laughs> you've got you've got the people who are there to party. Like we saw, I saw a handful of like bachelorette, bachelor birthday parties that were running around. Um, mm-hmm. but like you go and you get narwhal because it's your opportunity to get narwhal where you don't have to chase a truck or you don't have to gamble and hope that Jack over at Satuna liquor in Rochester Hills, just South of M 59 on Rochester road has a bottle. Um, that's with utopia. I don't even bother getting utopia, but the opportunity to get utopia at GAB, I'm sure I'm going to try it. Of course, but am I going to bottle of that? Am I going to buy utopia and all the utopia alternatives like worldwide utopia stout and stuff like, <laughs> I do have a bottle of that. <laughs> but that's that's the thing is, is that there's there's certain styles that are people are going to run to when the opportunity is there. Like Media Noche over at Weldworks. Yes, Weldworks. Um, the line for Media Noche was crazy. But when you go into Weldworks, it's like thick milkshake IPAs. Like that's just what they sell. Um. So I think I think Sierra Nevada just doesn't have an IPA they could truly tie their name to to really do the IPA um, game. But again, that was also before Hazy uh, Little Things. The Little Things series really kind of exploded. Um, I wish we had because I know we talked about the um, the portfolio like a month, month and a half ago, and we talked about like percentages of their portfolio for Hazy um, Little Things, but. Yeah, I think this is this is just where we're going to to be in a world where people are going to still want their IPAs. Yep, fair enough. You know, not not too many people like us go into a bar and be like, "What's your your English mild or what's your um, <laughs> what's your ESB?" Yeah, and and I mean, I was I I toured around Dallas a little bit, and I found plenty of you know, mind you, each site only had maybe one option. Um, but you know, what was your Brown? What was your Amber? What was your ESB? Um, because everything else like Martin house. Oh my God. Um, the amount of seltzers they have there. They had a mustard beer too, by the way. Like, did did you drink it? I tried it. 
Um, it <laughs> was. It. I'm glad that the guy did not sell me a a taster, and he just gave me a little bit to try. Um, but that thing. He says it. It, it sells awesome in hot summer days, and people wow. love it for like when they're mowing lawn and stuff, and pairing it with a hot dog. So um, I could see that with a cucumber beer or cucumber seltzer mustard though it was tart it was it it, i am glad it was the last thing i had there and i'm glad we had like another 30 minute drive before the next brewery so um (laughs) uh bats mcgee in the chat saying he wants his ipa toot in our chat saying that a sierra nevada uh made olive olivia quad with plums again i think we talked about that on our show i think we did Nevada on our show yeah um but uh, anything else you want to touch on on this yeah, uh, article? No, we can move on. Wendy? Uh, I'm good. I think we've covered it all. I do think, though, that people are so people want the mixed packs of the IPAs right now. And I like mixed packs just because it means I don't have to buy so many of the same thing. So it gives me a little of variety. Um I don't I like the Hazy Little Thing series. Uh yeah, Hazy Little I mean Dan, I think you liked that series too when they shipped it wasn't it out terrible. To you. It wasn't no, it wasn't not at all. overly bitter and um it, it didn't taste of like spruce and uh pine and stuff, so no it didn't. I wouldn't it's not something I would go buy, but as far as an IPA it was it was palatable as far as I thought. Well, Wendy, I you're going went off looking for an Alaskan mix pack here recently so i i bought the last one at kroger today that (laughs) that's why you couldn't find one wendy (laughs) no i had to go to three different stores to get the what i actually wanted but because you can get amber anywhere but you can't always get all the other stuff anyways do we want to move on to my article now yeah what what do you want to talk about today about yours first no uh so my article um (laughs) I found in Cuff Digest, of all places, don't ask me how, um, it looks like Treehouse was looking to expand their operation and during COVID found a country club that had shut down and they opened it up here a few months ago. Back in June, they opened it during the U.S. Open, the U.S. Open Yes. In June, they posted photos celebrating the opening of the clubhouse in Tewksbury, about a half an hour north of Boston. They've got a wood panel tap room, a pro shop, a putting green with the treehouse flagstick, and of course, lots and lots of beer. I think they said there was something like 78 taps that they put in. Um, But here recently in August, they actually opened up where they have a nine-hole golf course. And I... I've always said that, you know, if you can have something to go along with the brewery, I think a lot of people will come in. I know um, there was that place in Texas that we interviewed. Was it Texas where they had the disc golf course? Uh, Live Oak, yeah. And then I have a friend who really thinks that somebody needs to pair a um, laundromat and a brewery (laughs) because those two things kind of, I think they could make a lot of money off of them. Forget um, about your laundry at some point. <laughs> so I'm just curious, like, what it, would you guys go to this golf course because it's treehouse? 
I don't know. I would if I wanted the opportunity to see friends and they're golfers and I don't care about golf, like I'll be like, Hey, we could go here and I'll be your caddy. Cause I know I'm going to get, you know, amazing beer. And um, <laughs> like, that's probably what I would get up to, but I wouldn't necessarily go here myself um, to, to play golf and drink. Like I, I think it would be more secondary or an opportunity to be like, Hey, you know, when your your friends, obviously, they want to get, especially in Michigan or Boston, they got their tea times. Um, so they want to make sure they get on the links. Uh, for me, I just want to make sure I get in a few beers. So I'll just be like, I'll go drink with y'all. But um, <laughs> when the, the choices are go join them and it's probably all like standard macro lager and then the few summer beers like Oberon or Shock Top or something like that. I'm like, I just don't want to spend the time. Uh, Bats yeah. McGee in the chat saying I'd go for the treehouse beer, but I don't golf. Exactly. Yeah, I'm probably one of the worst golfers in the world, and especially if they had, but I'd go and do like you do, Ken, and just be their caddy, especially if you got people driving around on golf carts bringing you beer to buy. You know, like you have a lot of golf cart courses. I would totally be down for that, but like I could, I know a lot of people drink on the golf course, so I guess everyone will be playing shitty, but yeah, I guess if you're into golf, though, it's really cool. Everyone I know drinks on the golf. Everyone, <laughs> yeah, I that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I that's can't part think of the reason doesn't. they golf. Let's be honest. <laughs> I, so, I, they all drink, but I think they also want to all day drink. Whereas these beers, especially like Treehouse, like I would hope they get a little bit more sessionable with their 78 taps that they have a little right? bit more, you know, four to six percent ABV beers. Because I can only imagine if you, you know, knocked out three cans of Julius while playing nine holes, you're probably going to be. Uh, <laughs> uh probably not uh, finishing the nine holes you're just no not at all (laughs) so even though we don't golf what is the um one pairing you think would work out that would make you want to go to visit a brewery i got one that uh, came right to my head sorry ken and you could never do it no place in the world will allow it but beer in a shooting range oh (laughs) jeez Yeah, I don't see that being a good idea. No. <laughs> but that would I'm get me saying. there. <laughs> I mean, you could probably pull it off for like after the fact and just be like, you know, hey, you can go shooting. And then once you enter here, you're no longer allowed back in the shooting range. So if you're like, hey, let's go shooting and then go have a beer or two, that might not be a, a bad yeah, that, secondary thing. That could work, but... I don't, I don't know anyone, like any state that would allow you to sell beer at a shooting range in any capacity. Yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, we're, we're talking legalities and stuff here. <laughs> like, like I mean, for me, perfect world. Yeah, in a perfect world, you could just take a can of beer in there with you. <laughs> uh, yeah, like for me, like I would, uh, we've talked about this before, and I remember Nick was kind of like shocked when I said this, but I would love some type of uh, beer or bar in a, a hospital. Yeah, you could there, totally use that there too. There is some yeah. places where you just you're there for so long because your you know loved one is in surgery, or you yep. just want to be able to you know because you're there and you're waiting, like. Um, you know, get something instead of whatever's in the, the vending machine. Like you could yep. easily do like a, and the, the rules for these hospitals are crazy with regards to what you could sell food and drink wise already. Um, for example, at U of M health systems, like you cannot sell regular Coke. 
um, or any regular soda. Like it has to be all diet or zero sugar. Oh, wow. um, so yeah, the there's don't get it. I, I don't know the why. I just know one of the, the people that owned a bunch of uh, the delis inside U of M hospital systems and the rules that they had to follow for a lot of the things. So obviously there's no way you're going to be able to get alcohol if you can't sell regular Coke. Yeah. Um, but for me, honest to God, I there's uh, a place that opened up in Grand Rapids that does duck pin bowling. Um, but I would love some type of multi-lane bowling alley that does the handful of different bowling in the state, in the U.S. Um, so there's like duck pin, pin, candle pin. You could do five pin because all the lanes are nearly the same size uh, lengthwise. So you could get in there and easily install different types of uh, lanes or what, what did we learn? Uh, nine pin or something nine like pin. that yeah, nine over pin in Texas. Texas. Yeah. Um, so there are. Wait, a... you're telling me there's different types of bowling. Yeah. Oh yeah. So five pin Wait. is a massive Canadian um, uh, type of bowling where it's a, a lot smaller ball, almost like a bocce ball. Um, same with candle pin, but instead of the, the pins being like pin shaped, they're just like a tall candle and you just um, leave them laying there too. Don't you? Yep, After you yep. roll. I thought so. Yep. Duck pin is uh, another small ball bowling alley, bowling type, uh, alley. So like in Michigan, we have one duck pin lane and no, no five pin lanes that I know about. There's um, a duck pin lane on Mackinac Island too. Oh, is it really? Yeah. So in one of the hotels. That's fascinating. Yeah. This is bowling time with uh yeah, bowling with time with Ken. Ken. Um but, I feel like I feel like we could do a TikTok series on this, Ken. On bowling? Just saying. I mean Ken um, had a great shot. Different types the other of bowling day. lanes <laughs> that are available or that you think they're, should be paired with a brewery. The, the issue is, and I'm not going to lie, I did look to see if there's any bowling alleys for sale recently, not because of this conversation, but other conversations. <laughs> and sadly, only like Fred's of Ross Common is for sale, which would be a great buy, but then you'd have to move to Ross Common. Turn um, it into a five pin lane and be like, let's go. Yeah, you'd probably piss off more people than anything mm-hmm. doing that. <laughs> um, uh, Toot says we have a small pin bowling alley in Savannah. Yeah, there's there's a handful of different bowling alleys that i think would um do well like duck pins doing great in grand rapids is it um, oh I'm yeah surprise it's you roll a smaller ball with that too don't you yeah and you don't need like i i don't think you need equipment or anything like that i don't know if you need bowling shoes but um yeah it's and and they're charging like 30 dollars or 35 dollars an hour for a lane oh, dang. um oh. and people are paying it but if you could tie in there used to be a um, alley 59 over in Clinton township used to be a massive craft beer bar and bowling alley. Um, and then there was another one up in like Lapeer that was an awesome bowling alley and craft beer bar. But if you could turn it into like a brewery where you, not only you get the brewery destination, that would be probably a brew pub, um, a brewery destination with bowling alley. That'd be great. So we like, do have something like that out here. Um, and if you come out for the Red Wings game, uh, State 48 in Glendale it also has a bowling alley. So it's a pretty cool place that a lot of people go to. Yeah, I mean, I get two check bags and uh, I can fit three balls in a, a check bag. That's for sure. Nice. 
Um, the fun thing uh, is axe throwing next to a brewery that serves while you're working out your inner Viking. That's what Toot says. Um, <laughs> I went to a, when I was in Greenville in Taylor's, there's a brewery that right across the way, like right across the parking lot is an axe throwing. And I did that when I was there. We actually, they didn't sell beer at the axe throwing. We brought it from the brewery over to drink while we were axe throwing. Nice. Yeah, Big Buck, obviously, in uh, Auburn Hills is now an axe-throwing place and um, football bowling, foaling. Foaling. Uh, yeah, it's uh, urban bowling. That's what it's called because you can't call it foaling if it's not a foaling facility. Um, that's uh, that's a trademark, which is good on them because if you can do that, that's what you get for loading up before an 0-16 Lions season. You create a game because that's the only entertainment you got. <laughs> What about you, Wendy? I mean, we talked about all the different places we'd love to I don't open know if I would or go pick to. Any, I don't know if I would pick any games, um, mainly because I do love board games, but that's at every brewery anyways. Um, I think I would probably like a brewery and a bookstore. So while I'm perusing books and trying to figure out what I'm going to spend my money on, I can have a beer or two. I'd probably spend a lot more money in the bookstore if they let me drink beer while I was looking. Not going to lie. In Fort Collins. So as much as you say board games, there's like brewery board games. And then there's board board games like your Dungeons and Dragons, Warhammer, um, et cetera. There is a place in Fort Collins that was a bar and board game place. And they had like people signing up to do D&D one shots. And um, when we went there, it was packed. So, wow. So I mean, that's. Oh, go on. I've never played D&D, but there is this really fun game called Rainbow Pirates. Okay. That I'm highly addicted to. That I oh, think boy. we should have more available more often. So Rainbow Pirates, everyone look that up. It's fun. Well, uh, as Speaking we go of- through yeah, Rainbow Pirates, <laughs> uh, I, I got nothing else to segue off of that. So we're just going to go in. Um <laughs> So the uh, the business Tilray, uh, which is a Canadian cannabis organization, uh, has been on the uh, assault buying different beverage organizations from the big uh, breweries. So if you actually look at um, uh, what they bought, I believe it was just a few weeks ago, uh, as I'm bringing it up on the screen right now, of course, you can watch it live as well as uh, on demand on youtube.com forward slash better on draft. Um, this right here uh, talked about all the bre- uh, brands that Tilray is purchasing from Anheuser-Busch, including Shock Top, um, Breckenridge, Blue Point, 10 Barrel, Red Hook, Widmer, Square Mile, and High Ball Energy. Um, along with this, so this came out roughly uh, two weeks ago, week and a half ago, uh, Tilray actually went through and purchased something from Molson Coors as well, uh, which is the Trust Beverage Organization, uh, which is a um, cannabis-infused drink maker, maker that Molson added. Uh, as we were starting the podcast, obviously a lot of breweries were being purchased by these big name breweries. So I guess my question to you guys is, is that, is this a sign of the times where we might start seeing these major organizations um, 
start selling off the craft breweries to stick to their domestic and um, alternatives that they currently sell. Uh, like, will we see a, a sale of Goose Island anytime soon or Elysian or Wicked Weed? Um, or do you think these are all still on a different level than other breweries? And I will start with Wendy. Um, I think some of them are still on a different level. But, yeah, I do see that they're they're going to have to start selling some of these off because their shares are dropping period. Like their, their main brands aren't as popular as they were, especially with a lot of people going over to seltzers and, and RTDs. So I think they have to figure out a way to get rid of some of the stuff that they were trying to diversify with that, wasn't necessarily the best option for him. I I agree with you. I think the the fact that all of these alternative beverages, um, including spiritless cocktails, cocktails themselves, like RTDs, um, seltzers, etc., like that's where a lot of the business is going. Um, but you can only ha- own so much capital to where you may need to sell old capital. Um, is this going to allow us to see a lot more conglomerates like Canarchy or what the CBA used to be? Um, Dan? Yeah. So, you know, I'm looking at these that are being sold. I'm not surprised Anheuser-Busch is selling off a bunch, but like lo- looking at these brands, uh, can anyone here name a beer outside of ESB that Red Hook makes? No, I bet you probably can. I can't. No. So, you know, they're selling off what seems like, low um low producing or just low you know performance as far as beers go as far as sales go because you know the only other one i know here yeah everyone knows shock top but 10 barrels the only other one i even know on this list outside of esb for or red hook for their esb um i think they're dumping off just underperforming and this company picking them up is hoping they're going to do better I think if they put in a decent amount of effort to rebrand the brand, like Shock Top needs a rebrand. Oh, big time. Um, <laughs> that like Widmer Brothers, they're um, I think they're heavy is one of like the the more well-known beers out there. I swear there is a beer from Blue Point that we have uh um that that I've enjoyed and I just don't remember it because I remember Blue Point back before like the craft beer boom here in Michigan that was one of the beers that was always on the shelves here um, in the, the craft area, like going to eight degrees Ferndale that long ago. Um, so you think that, well, let's let's on this document, there is the, the handful that Anheuser-Busch still owns um, including golden road, Elysian goose Island, Carbach, four peaks, wicked weed and devil's backbone. Um I mean, here in Michigan, at least, if it's not Goose Island, there really isn't much that I really know about other than, like, you know, I know about the the handful of beers that Elysian, Golden Peak, and Four, Golden Road, Four Peaks, and Wicked Weed made, but... Yeah, um, everything else, Four Peaks is local to Arizona. You don't see it outside the state. Golden Road's pretty much just the Southwest, like Nevada, Southern California, and Arizona. I think a lot of these are just... um 
regional. And, you know, Four Peaks, for example, is the biggest brewer in Arizona. They'll probably never get rid of that. You see how much Golden Road and Goose Island make. So it's I don't think they're going to get rid of those. It doesn't show the numbers of what these breweries are letting go of make which is too bad to see the comparison i believe they did a combined number which is 495k in 20 between all of them uh it it says shock top breckenridge 10 barrel and blue point so it does not include widmer red hook square mile and highball and just those those few did 495 which is what goose island did on their own yes yes that is correct those four did uh, a goose island yeah, so I think they're just getting rid of um, some of the underperformers. Though you look at Devil's Backbone, I don't know anything they do or platform. Oh, they s- ceased operations apparently. Um, I'm not sure what's going on there, but yeah, those are look like they're underperforming. I'm surprised I held on to those too. Yeah, Omission I think is their gluten free brewery. Um. I feel like that's like a Trader Joe's beer um, <laughs> that I see out there. Might be. Um, but yeah, along with Tilray starting their uh, partnership with Molson Coors 2, buying the uh, the trust beverage, which is cannabis, um, I, I feel like a lot of these acquisitions and breweries that have kind of maybe spread themselves a little too thin are going to start selling and creating space for what's currently hot as opposed to brewing what's currently hot at um, those breweries. So I, I mean, I could see goose Island easily selling here just because like Kings and convicts will be coming up soon. Oh shit. Yeah. I mean, Kings (laughs) and convicts is apparently got money. Um, uh, The same with wicked weed. I mean, wicked weeds, that huge South, East area over in Asheville, North Carolina. Like I think the people of Wicked Weed, if they could figure out someone to buy that organization, they would try to get it sold in a heartbeat. Um, because I I just don't think any of these brands took off. Like they tried to get these brands to outsell some of the bigger breweries, but in turn, like Sierra Nevada still on the top, Yingling still on the top. Um Sam Adams still on the top. Obviously, the number one craft brewery in the U.S. Paps Brewing is still on top. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you. Appreciate you appeasing me. Um, yeah. So I, I just, Dan, you think that there's going to be a lot more consolidation from the bigger breweries to medium-sized organizations buying them out, like Kings and Convicts? Is that what you're saying? Oh, yeah, I could see them doing that. If you've got this cannabis company buying a bunch, I could see Kings and Convicts buying more or someone similar. It doesn't have to be them. They're really focused on the on the Southwest, really. Um, but there definitely could be some that come out and start buying some of these from the big guys. I mean, I think a big player, especially with the Monster Energy um, cash infusion, Canarchy, um, could easily come in and buy a handful of breweries and... Um, not bad an eye with the amount of money they have. Uh, do we see any Michigan breweries selling anytime soon? I mean, I, I didn't want to ask Alaskan, but I mean, they've been brewing for 40 years. I'm curious what's going to uh, happen when they're ready to retire. 
they didn't look like they were ready to retire. But their employees no, they are, didn't. they've got employees here. Gotcha. So, well, I mean, that I doesn't mean that. much. New, New Belgium had employee share. That's true. They don't look like they're stopping anytime soon. Oh, no, They both not. obviously still have a hand in that brewery. If you listen to the, the Craft Beer News only, go check out the Alaskan Brewing podcast that we just released a few days ago. Uh, we just recorded it here tonight on Friday, which we record every Friday starting at 15 p.m. Eastern. Facebook.com forward slash better on draft. Twitch.tv better on draft. Kick.com forward slash better on draft. Um, YouTube.com forward slash better on draft. That's everywhere that we're live. Uh, so you can interact with us like our boy uh, Toot McCrog. Uh, talking Toots. about uh, Devil's Backbone was great. Then they went to, uh, I'm guessing the, the dot, dot, dot is AB, uh, and people were angry. It was the same with uh, Wicked Weed. I talked about going to Wicked Weed like two weeks after they got bought, and the staff were happy because they had health insurance. Yep. <laughs> and the people in Asheville were pissed. And I'm like, uh, it's hard to, to balance that kind of uh, worth. But, um, that is going to do it for the craft beer news segment. We will be back next week. Uh, next week, our guest is uh, the looks like, yes, the chain brewery BJ's brew house. So we're going to learn a little nice. bit more about what's going on um, in the world of, uh, I don't, I don't think they're even franchisees. I think they're all corporate, uh, but corporate brewing across the United States um, with their head brewer. Uh, so we're going to learn a lot more about BJ's. And then in two weeks, we've got Harold Remlinger. We're going to be talking about uh, building a brewery from the ground up. And when I mean the ground up, I'm talking nuts and bolts brewery architecture. So that is going to do it for this episode of the Better on Draft podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate it. Of course, all the social media is at Better on Draft. And no matter what you think of your beer, we think it's... Butter on draft. Have a good night. Cheers.